When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Mike Judge, and you're listening to the Pantheon Network. <laughs> Welcome to No Filler, I'm Quentin. And I'm Travis. And on this month's What You Heard, we're kicking things off with a brand new track from Slater Kinney. The song is called Hell. Presses, Trav. Album just came out January 19th. Wow. Okay. So I heard this song, a segment of it, on uh, last weekend's weekend edition on NPR. <laughs> Scott Simon, one of my favorites, did an interview with him. And I wanted to play a clip from this, just a short one. Carrie Brownstein, I just really love what she says about this. this is about um, a loss that she just recently went through and just kind of like what, what playing music does for her through that. So anyways, let's play a quick clip here from NPR. Carrie Brownstein, hope you don't mind. I have to ask you about a tough period you went through just uh, a couple of years ago, even less. Uh, your mother and stepfather died in a car accident. First, how are you doing? And was music a kind of light that helped guide you out of darkness? Uh, well, I'm okay as, you know, anyone is or can be after sort of the structure of your life is dismantled in a really sudden way. As everything around me was misshapen, music, it was a form that I knew. Playing guitar is something I've done since I was in my teenage years. 
And the ritual of placing my hands on, on the guitar neck and the fretboard, that was a solidity. That was a constant. And I think when you are thrust into a, a place that is incoherent, music, it's words, it's language, it's something to repeat and a ritual that I really understood. So I, I really needed it. I needed to hear Corin's voice. She has a voice that's bigger than me. And I felt quite diminished. And this band is bigger than me. I love that. I love that she she said it so well. I think that's the power of music. And especially if you're making music yourself. Yeah, man, like that's that's your constant that you can go to when, you know, everything in your life just kind of gets turned up on its head like that. Yeah, it's an outlet, you know, for yeah. for for any emotion, you know. But yeah, especially yeah. something like that. And that's, I mean, that's tragic, man. Mother and stepfather. Yeah. Two, two people like that. Yeah. That's yeah. devastating. Yeah. Anyways, not to, not to, to bum us out at the beginning of the, of the show here, but really great interview. You can find it online. Uh, if you want to listen to it, there's a few more clips from, from songs on the new record on there. So yeah, we're, we're, we're kicking things off with, with, with Slater Kinney this month. Kicking off the uh, the the New Year's um, first, what you heard with the with a brand new song, dude. A brand so, new banger, man. It's good. All right, so yeah, we're back. We're back in in your earbuds for the second time this month. Yeah, man, get used to it. Cranking out two episodes a month now, and this is our what you heard for the month of January. I mean, we can't be stopped. You know, twice <laughs> a month, twice a month, I mean, dude. That's crazy, right? It's nutty. And I'm gonna kick us off, dude. I think I'm gonna pull somewhat of a 180 and i've been trying to find a way to to sneak some casper baby pants oh god into dude i've had enough of casper baby pants i send him links to casper baby pants all the time because i mean dude we we get it you're a dad you you know you have to listen to this kind of stuff i'm a dad and, I'm, and i listen to kids music all the time but i will say this man it it's way better than most of the stuff that's going to be on in the in the in the background of most you know new parents. It, yeah, let's just uh, put it this home. way: if you're a parent yourself and you can't stomach the thought of hearing, I don't know, uh, Baby Shark, Let It Go, that freaking right, Let It Go. What's it? What's the name of that show? Frozen. Frozen. Yeah, you know it's actually you know a cute. It's actually a pretty good movie. Okay. I remember watching it once before. I'm a big Pixar fan. Point being, Casper Baby Pants is music that you will actually enjoy listening to as well. This is Chris Ballou, a.k.a. the singer, songwriter, slash brains behind Presidents of the United States of America. Not that long ago, he started writing children's music after being inspired by his wife's mixed media art that she does does he not have um children oh he's got children okay okay because I, I i always figured that that played into it as well you know like he's just writing music for his kids or whatever it's something that i i love about his music too because you can feel that you know unconditional love that he has for his kids so i thought okay what what route should i take because he's got he's got silly he's got silly kid songs but he also has a lot of really like just thoughtful and beautiful songs i think you know which way i'm gonna lean dude 
Give me the thoughtful and the beautiful. That's what I'm. That's what I'm bringing, bro. Okay. So right. this is a song, an album called Sleep Tight. It's all just kind of uh, lullabies, huh? lullabies, stuff like that. Okay. Uh, and this song is just beautiful, dude. I love all it. All right. So if you're if you're driving right now, you know, maybe pull over. Yeah, maybe pull over. Head over to uh, you know the yeah. nearest rest stop. You can't be responsible. All right. This is this song is called First Star. You know, I was just thinking, like, we were just talking about music as an outlet, right? It seems to me like Chris Ballou has found, like, more this this style, this genre of music is probably more creatively fulfilling to him than what he did with Presidents of the United States of America, right? Absolutely. Like, dude. I mean, this is, you look at his discography, it's, I mean, it's. It's huge. Yeah. I mean, it goes back to 2002. Yeah. And what he started with in his on his first kids music record was a lot of the songs were i forget what it's called but you know after however many decades a song can get put into like the public domain or whatever mm-hmm. and you can do whatever you want with it basically so he took a lot of like classic children's songs that he had free reign to do with whatever he wanted and slightly changed the lyrics added more lyrics added his own like chorus to it you know and just kind of like made them his own and he kind of kept that throughout all these albums but most of them are his you know his songs that he wrote but yeah it's 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 awesome dude it's such a cool yeah like you said outlet for him because clearly he is just to the brim with silly songs and just you know unique song structures and stuff he just and he can he can mess around with any kind of genre that he wants dude and now that you you mentioned that 
I'm just going to play a little bit, just a tiny clip of one of his other songs, just to show you like how far he can go in one direction and then the goofiness that he can go in another direction. This album is called Easy Breezy. It came out just three years ago. You ready for this, dude? This one's called Caterpillar Jazz. The other day I was feeling low and uptight Looking for some quiet underneath a stormy sky Looking to slow down time that zips by in the blink of an eyelash When life is a little loud, I put my ear to the garden ground Listen and I'm still and when I do I hear Caterpillar Jazz One plays the xylophone, one plays the flute, one plays the bass, one plays the drums, man. They are That's it, dude. That's all I'm playing. <laughs> so, dude, I mean, it It reminds me of, I feel like, the, you know, he is Johnny Karate from Parks and Rec. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's him. Yeah. Um, but, you know, a lot of the music that, you know, he put out under Presidents of the United States of America were kind of similar you know like they know, had these man. kind of goofy premises and like lyrics and stuff like you know just little dune buggy yeah like dune buggy and peaches and you know body and back porch like it they're very simple like premises for songs and stuff like this is just it just makes perfect sense you know yeah it's almost like presidents of the united states of america was just like at its core a guy writing these really simple goofy, songs, goofy yeah, songs that if you just sort of like but through the lens of like grunge yeah if you wash off the grunge and, and the grime and stuff you've got like this kid's performer you got casper baby pants <laughs> yeah that makes total sense all right dude so that was a little long-winded i'm gonna pass it to you and we're gonna rapid fire okay because i mean you know in case we have to remind people this this episode format the what you heard format is supposed to be a mixtape where we go back and forth and play songs. And we've just heard three songs from UQ. So <laughs> well, let that me, intro um, doesn't count. Mm, it counts. Actually, I have an outro, so yeah, that'll even out. Okay, so you know we've talked about this before. How usually, you know, at the beginning of the year, you know, I'm 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 still finding all this great stuff that came out the prior year. You know, like right when we wrap up our our best of the year episodes i stumble upon something that's like oh man that's awesome i wish i found that when it came out you know so uh here's one of them so this band is called deary uh london-based uh duo of ben and Dottie. that's all you get from them in terms of their name but uh they are a dream pop group so you know perfect right gotta gotta play some dream pop it's 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 our bread and butter all right here we go so this song is called Heaven.
That's great, man. Fantastic. So that came out in November of last year. Uh, the band has supported Slow Dive, uh, supporting act for Slow Dive at some point. Amazing. Um, I bet they freaking loved every second of that. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, and Q, they were described by Atwood Magazine as a sonic tidal wave of feeling. Hmm. That's a nice way to put it. Dude, I got a perfect follow-up for that, brother. All right, Q. Well, then, let me just pass it right back to you. What do you got for us? You may or may not have heard this track, Trav, depending on if you actually gave it a listen when I sent it your way. So this is a group called Pity Sex. I've been obsessed with them. That sounds familiar. Have you have you brought them before? Not here. I, I, that's because I, I sent you some tracks, Trav, off the mic. Oh, well, that's probably where. I, yeah, I think I recognize what, White Hot Moon. That's Yeah, that's that's I'm bringing a song from that album. But Feast of Love, the album from 2013, is another. That's actually the first album I sent you and, and said, you, you got to give it a listen, dude. Yeah, I remember um, enjoying it quite a bit. Yeah, man. Uh, so, so let me read this little excerpt here. Ann Arbor, Michigan's pity sex pull from the fuzzy, distorted sound of 90s alternative rock, capturing elements of noise pop indie pop and shoegaze in various elements i mean hello that's our <laughs> that's our bread and butter trev speaking my can't, language dude can't get enough of it and uh, yeah dude let's just jump right into it this is the opening track on their 2016 album white hot moon this song is called a satisfactory world for reasonable people
Q, I feel like I'm dancing in a dream. <laughs> I love I love it, man. I love their back and forth. They do that in a lot of their songs. I love a good handoff between two vocalists. They're great at it. And the lead the male lead singer has very unique singing style. He does it and I mean, it's definitely, you know, this goes back to what we were talking about earlier this month on our Dinosaur Jr. episode. He's definitely got like the slacker rock. Oh, yeah. Vocals, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he does it really well. And then in a lot of the songs, there's there's some sort of distortion on his vocals. It almost sounds like he's singing through like an old radio or something. Like you're hearing him through like an old radio. I don't know. But it's really cool. I love the way it's done. And I love, kind of like with the last track that you brought, there's a little bit of heaviness to it. You know, it's mm-hmm. dream pop, but it's a little little more on the alt-rock, grungy side. Bits and pieces of it. Really well done. These guys are great. Check out this album. Check out their record from 2013, Feast of Love. Haven't really listened to too much else from them. There's not a lot out there. Just a couple EPs other than these two full-lengths. One of those two EPs is just a split single with another group. So anyways, not a lot out there. Hoping they're working on more stuff because, yeah, I just I can't get enough of them. All right, brother, what you got? All right, okay, well, now it's time for the first official 180 of 2024. All right, Q, so I'm still on Reddit, unlike you. And as we know, and I've talked about plenty on this show, there's a lot of great music communities on Reddit. And since I interact with, you know, a handful of them quite a bit, Reddit will suggest other music communities, right? And just show me random posts from other communities. So I saw just kind of scrolling through what at first glance looked like the Bitches Brew album cover by Miles Mm -hmm. Davis. But what the guy, the creator of the post, he kind of photoshopped in a bunch of other jazz records in sort of like the different sections of the record. Because if you know, if you look at the the sleeve and stuff, like the backside and the inside, the you know, the opened up sleeve of Bitches Brew, it's got all these kind of like pictures and stuff. And so he had a bunch of other like album art kind of strewn throughout and was like, this is my some of my favorite sort of like jazz fusion um records. Nice. And so I just was like, of course I'm gonna listen to some of these, you know? So I pulled up um this record from 1976 from this group called return to forever and just figured i'd give it a spin i I freaking loved it man the drumming is amazing the guitar playing is great um and this band is actually comprised of well it was it was formed by this jazz keyboard player named chick korea uh and he was on the bitches brew record and a lot of the artists that have sort of rotated in and out of this group, Return for uh, Return to Forever, are uh, also played on uh, some of the Bitches Brews sessions and whatnot. So, like this particular iteration of the group is Chick Corea on the piano, Aldi Miola. I've heard of him. I've heard uh, of like him. guitars. Yeah. He's like a, a Spanish guitar player. Yeah, some, sometimes <laughs> in some of his his albums. Stanley Clark on bass and Lenny White on drums. Anyway, so let's just listen to it. Um, like I said, this is this is going to be a change of pace. Um, you know, 
we've done maybe really really one episode on this type of music with um jeff beck's blow by blow right this is kind of in the mm-hmm. same realm yeah. um, but this is always you know, crazy good drummers on those those oh, yeah. types of albums yeah so get ready all right again so this group is called return to forever the album is called romantic warrior and this is the opening track the song is called medieval overture what i love about what you heard dude i mean where else are you gonna hear this stuff 
<laughs> Where else are you going to hear Casper Baby Pants <laughs> and some 70s jazz fusion within the same, you know, 30 minute time span? Nowhere, dude. I think nowhere. the answer to that question is nowhere. Absolutely nowhere. <laughs> I'm always reminded of Wendy Carlos when I hear that kind of stuff. You know, like, yeah, the, I know what you mean. The yep. huge wave of like, or maybe like the birth of synth mm-hmm. instruments, you know, that yeah. didn't take up. I mean, Wendy Carlos was had like an entire room that was her synthesizer. Right. You know? Yeah. But like this is once, you know, more bands were able to, to bring in these kind of awesome, like synthy stuff to, to make some super epic kind of songs like this. Yeah, totally. So, um, let me just read this little sentence here. It says, Return to Forever started out as more of a Latin-tinged jazz ensemble, but Korea, influenced by the Mahavit... I'm going to... I'm not going to pronounce this right. Mm-hmm. The Mahavishnu Orchestra of John McLaughlin and some of the progressive rock bands coming out of Great Britain, notably Yes and Emerson Lake and Palmer, moved the group more toward rock achieving considerable commercial success. So that's interesting to me that these jazz players are being influenced by these progressive rock bands that were, you know, expanding the rock genre into like jazz and classical territories, you know what I mean? It's that's kind cool. of funny because like you know, yes, you know, wanted to push rock a little bit, you know, and be taken seriously with rock and, you know, started to, 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 you know, experiment with synths and, and stuff like that. And then like this jazz and, and piano classical player who, stuff too. And, and classical stuff. Yeah, definitely. But, and then, you know, this jazz keyboard player who, you know, was on Miles Davis records is getting influenced by rock. Right. I mean, it's interesting. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah, for sure. I feel like you really got to give that one a proper, got to give proper attention to that got to be in the right headspace for it and yeah give it give it the right focus the right amount of focus and attention so again that was uh return to forever off of their 1976 record romantic warrior that song was called medieval overture all right q i would imagine we're in store for another 360 i mean 180 <laughs> unless you well, got a 360 we're right back where we started let's, be great. let's call this a 270 hey uh and here's why dude so as you know, I have my beloved built-in speaker system in my house that has probably been here since the 70s, and it's got a radio built-in, and KNKX is where I get my NPR. It's NPR in the morning and jazz throughout the day. On Saturdays and Sundays after 6, it's all blues, hosted by John Kessler. Okay. So, I heard this track uh, on a Saturday night. This is a harmonica player named Carlos Del Junco, and it's bluesy jazz stuff. This song I'm bringing is straight up blues. I don't, not even a hint of jazz, but it's, dude, the things that he does with this harmonica, man, it's freaking awesome. Get ready. All right. So I'm ready. This is an album of his 2005 called Blues Mongrel. This song is called Blues with a Feeling. He's rolling.
First, I was like, you can't tell me that's not a guitar. Um, and then I realized, yeah, that's a guitar. So you had a guitar player on that record. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, yeah, that, that was showing off the the guitar player more yeah, than anything sure, in that sure. song. And that was, yeah, love it. That, that might have been the first harmonica on this podcast here. <clears throat> I mean, if you really think about Man, it. Man, maybe. Could be. That, that would be pretty nutty if it was. but Could be. I'm not really a blues guy. As, I'm as, not either. As, <laughs> I'm not either, say. dude. And let yeah. me tell you why. And I was about to bring this up, actually. What I love about this song. What do you love about it, Q? Was what we were, the part, you know, that one part. Hang on. Uh, <laughs> what I love about, what I love about this song is, is the, the nitty gritty, like breakdown instrumental bits. Yeah. Towards sure. the end there. And really the rest of the song is just. A straight up jam, your run of the mill blues song. Yeah, and it's, in terms of like it, the you know the the format, it, the it's melody. A, that's the, what yeah, blues the, is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I mean, dude, when, you know when when you're in the kitchen doing dishes, listening to the radio, you don't know what's coming, and you get okay. hit with something like this. You know, it just hit it. It gets you in the feels, dude. I gotcha. You know what, dude? And it's funny because Scott Simon on NPR gotta love Scott Simon. <laughs> jokes about this often because i feel like he's like he bites bites his tongue basically like through his teeth his gritted teeth has to say like you know sit say npr and your smart speaker and yeah or stream us on your on mm-hmm. your uh on our website or if you ever you, you remember radios you can hear us on that on your radio too yeah <laughs> There's something magic about the radio, dude. I'm glad that it's still going strong. I mean, you can find it all on your radio. On your radio. On your radio. (laughs) This song just hit hit me right, dude. So I wanted to play it tonight. All right, dude, what you got? What are we on? uh, Track three for you? Song number three? Uh, You know, I think think we're getting a little wild here, Q. So I'm going to bring us back to... We're kind of all over the place tonight. We got, we got, we got jazz fusion. We got, we got harmonica blues. And this is what what you heard's all about. But let me let me you know let me recenter us back to our our wheelhouse here, Q. So I, I've been sitting on this uh, record for a while now because 
uh, we kind of, I think we missed, yeah, you know, we didn't do any What You Heard episodes all throughout November and December because those those episodes were devoted to the year-end, right? Our best of 2023. Right. Uh, so this, this particular track I wanted to play on probably our October What You Heard, but we weren't able to do that. Because, uh, you know, I put out that episode with uh, Adrian, um, the bonus Halloween episode. Yeah, I missed uh, out on that one, man. I was yeah. pretty bummed out. So anyway, I've been sitting on this one for a while. So it's about time to, to play this track. So this is a group called The Meeting Places. And they're, you know, they're under the, 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 the shoegaze umbrella queue. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that they're... They're not your your run of the mill um, dream popper shoegaze act, in my opinion. So, um, this is not going to be your stereotypical shoegaze track. This record is it's just great, man. It's a great listen. Uh, it was hard for me to narrow down a track to play, but this is off the 2003 record "Find Yourself Along the Way." This song is called "Now I Know You Could Never Be the One." Thank you. 
Yeah, man, as much as I think of the early 2000s and 2010s as like the beginning of chill wave and then second wave dream pop mm-hmm. movements. Yeah. There was a lot of great indie stuff like this. I'm reminded of like, I don't know, the stills or long wave. Yes. I was thinking the same thing. This is like in the same camp, I think. The guitar the guitar tone and the the the, the effects that are used. Yeah, the like, stills were definitely a little bit more like angular, uh, a little bit more yeah. distortion and edge mm-hmm. to them. But yeah, I, I agree with you, dude. Especially long wave. Good call. Love that kind of stuff. Yeah. The, yeah. I, I think that's the same. It's like, you know, in this, you know, we talk about this all the time. There's a never ending supply of amazing 90s rock records out there, right? I think the same could be said for the 2000s. Uh, you know, we, you know, we always talk about how like, oh, the '90s was the last great decade for rock. There's some truth to that, but then, hello, I mean, shit, we, 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 you know, we really came into our own musically listening to, yep, these bands, you know, bands yep. from the 2000s, The Strokes. I know I say The Strokes every time, like that's my go-to <laughs> band when I think of Interpol. But that's because the, you know, I The Strokes was like one of the first bands that like we latched onto and like really fell in love with, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Sure. Tons of great stuff, man. So, you know, I think 2022 for us was the year of just like diving into a bunch of 90s records. Maybe we'll, we'll you know, pay attention to some of these great records. I, I know for, for sure I would like to do an episode on Pia Frouse this year, which. Oh, yeah, dude. There is a record that they put out in 2001. Here you go, dude. Nice. Let's do Called it. Wonder What It's Like. So at some point, we will be covering that group, another uh, an Estonian dream pop group. Anyway, so again, that band was called The Meeting Places. The record came out in 2003. Find Yourself Along the Way. Definitely check it out. That track was called Now I Know You Could Never Be the One. All right, Q, what do you got? All right, dude. I'm just going to play one of my favorite david bowie songs okay because i heard it on the radio <laughs> all right and i just every time i hear this freaking song dude it just uh i just fucking love it so much dude bringing out the oldies dude let's do it so you know it's funny because i just recently attended a good friend's uh birthday party and it was kind of david bowie themed it was a uh mm. it was a uh you know this guy was born in the eighties. And so, uh, during part of the, 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 the party, uh, they played, um, what's that freaking movie dude that, that Bowie stars in. Yeah, man. Uh, the labyrinth labyrinth. Yeah. So, so it was, yeah. a, it was a labyrinth. I love theme. that movie, dude. Uh, I had actually never seen it before, which is kind of surprising. So that was my first time seeing it. Uh, it's just a classic, man. They, they rented out this, like, you know, um, studio space and just like projected it on this big wall and everybody kind of danced. It kind of felt like, um, that's cool. You know, one of those, uh, showings where, you know, people kind of participate and stuff. So if you right. were dressed up as the character, when, it, when they showed up on the screen, you run up to the front and you know, whatever. It's kind of like the anyway. Rocky Horror picture show. Um, yeah. Underground. Scene so a lot of people were like... just dressed up as, as Bowie, you know? So yeah. anyway, that's awesome. I've had recent exposure to Bowie Q. So fitting that we that we will play him on this episode. Well, everyone knows this song. I love this song so much. Here we go. <laughs> All right, so this is "Let's Dance" from 1983. We're gonna play the opening track. 
This one's called Modern Love. believe i'm learning this for the first time q but did you know that stevie ray vaughn was featured in that song what what was <laughs> yeah. he what i mean whatever guitar parts are in that song it's stevie oh. ray vaughn dude i certainly didn't know that so apparently he's all throughout that record that's something dude so this was produced by uh nile rogers who's a very well-known producer Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think every everybody, uh, in some way or another, um, there is a song that you love that Nile Rodgers probably produced, right? Like he's one of those. That's how I like, feel about um, Nigel Godrick, which kind of sounds like the same name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so wasn't this record like this was Bowie's like super like commercially. Like like he I'd went say out, so, yeah. Like he wanted to make, yeah, a like there was some story where like he purposely wanted to make a super popular record to like snub his previous label or something like that. I might be getting it wrong. This but is, like, I mean, because this, this gotta is, be. yeah, this is yeah. Let's dance is like a massive, massive song. Yeah, um, let's dance and modern love. I mean, yeah, modern love too. Yeah, and dude, every song in in the eighties. If it was going to be on the radio, it had to have a freaking saxophone solo. And he knew that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, I can't believe I didn't realize that, that Stevie Ray Vaughan was part of, part of uh, had anything to do with David Bowie. Like, I can't believe I didn't realize that. My favorite, my favorite part of this freaking song is the chorus when, 
when he says, gets me to the church on time. And then in the background, on the next line, they go, church on time. Mm, 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 church on time. I just love it, man. Uh, that, <laughs> so that it. particular, what you just said, that thing that you like about this track, mm-hmm. uh, apparently that is, you know, he, he wanted to essentially kind of like pay homage to uh, Little Richard on this nice. track. It says here, um, yeah, dude. Bowie said Little Richard, his earliest rock hero, was an inspiration for this song, specifically the call and response sections. That's what I'm talking about, brother. There you I go. love it. Love, love it. Richard. All right. All right. So I'm going to pass it back to you, Trev. What you got? How can, how can you beat that? I can't beat David Bowie. But I didn't realize that the lead singer of one of our favorite indie bands from back in the day, Midlake, put out a record. Did Wait, you know the this? lead singer? The lead singer. Oh, he finally got over his writer's block, dude. Because uh, yeah. it was tragic for a little bit there. Right. He looks very zen. I know, dude. He looks exactly <laughs> like he's finally like found his peace. This is what you'd expect him to yeah, look like, I think. Yeah, from what I've read, dude, he was struggling with some some creative demons for quite some time, and that's why he left the group, or they stopped like mid mid writing their last album or something. He just like trashed the whole record. Anyways, yeah, on. the guy we're talking about, his name is Tim Smith, and he was the kind of the founder, lead singer of this group called Midlake that put out some a couple of really awesome records. Back in the early two thousands, um, Trials of Anarchy right? Panther was it? Was it the early two thousands? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Trials of Anarchy Panther was the one that kind of we were turned on to. Uh, the one prior to that was also really good. Bam, Bam, Nan, and Sliver Cork. Sliver Cork. Now we, I think we've done episodes on both records. Uh, I don't know if we did Trials, but we did Bam, Nan. Man, if we haven't done Trials, we got to do that. We should. We should. Surely we've done it. But yeah. Um, anyway, so he put out a new record. Just that's him. awesome, and that's I believe awesome. he collaborates. I, th- I believe that's his wife or partner uh, in this photo here. Yeah, here we go, Q. So um, Smith, I'm reading the uh, write-up on the Bandcamp page. Smith had been working for years on a set of new tracks for his debut album, but he set them aside and began again when a new source of inspiration arrived. Classic, right? Along came 80s music, he explains. I knew of bands and I had heard the odd song, but I never dug deep into Joy Division, Cocteau Twins, The Smiths, Cheers for Fears before. The major album for me, though, was The Cure's Faith, which I listened to nonstop for three years. That music really resonated with me, so I was led in a different direction, which took a long time to figure out because I was on my own, learning how to record better, mix better, write better. I feel like he's trying to like explain himself to everyone who's been yeah like, i know right like, where yeah. have you been man yeah. likely excuse well, uh, i mean I, I had to listen to this cure album over and over, <laughs> over and i had to relearn how to, how to play i discovered 80s music for the first time it's like yeah right dude <laughs> um but uh, i mean i'd say it, but i don't really hear any 80s influence in this record don't don't tell him that or he'll i think never... what he's i think what he's trying to say is like maybe that's yeah he had a direction he was going with his music and then he was inspired by something else and then maybe that eventually led him back to this record. What what I like about this new record came out last year. Um, is it sounds like Midlake stuff, the Midlake stuff that you know that you could you definitely heard a change in Midlake when Tim Smith left the group, right? 
Um, yeah. And so yeah. if you liked Trials of Anarchy Panther specifically, you're going to like this record. So here we go. Um, I'm going to play the second track off of this record, Albion. Uh, this Actually, so he goes by the name Harp. I will say that. He doesn't go by Tim Smith. The name of the group is Harp. Uh, I believe his spouse or wife is involved in some way or another. I need to figure that out uh, while we're playing here so I can actually you know, give proper credit. But here we go. This song is called I Am The Seed. guy's just a poet that, that sings he's a singing poet <laughs> yeah His lyrics are always very uh, deep and- yeah it definitely um and yeah i mean it's like it's like hearing from an old friend dude that voice yeah that style like the way he kind of harmonizes with himself yeah did you hear this not knowing it was him and then you thought that's gotta be the midnight guy no uh so our brother spencer told me about this oh because he's a big big midlake fan yeah so um all right, let me let me give credit to to his wife. So it is his wife, uh, and she is she she does the drums. She she, she does the um, I guess nice. she programmed the drums. So I guess it's not an actual drums, but it says here uh, one crucial addition was Smith's wife Kathy Zung, 
who he considers a member of Harp, not just because she programmed the drums. He said, Cathal has a very good ear and she's very knowledgeable about music. She's been right here alongside me these past five years, helping me with every part of the process. So cool. it sounds like she's also been kind of an influence on him um, musically, lyrically, stuff like that. So Just his rock, it sounds like to me, is what I'm gathering from then. Because he's been through, he's been through the ringer. Oh, the last sure. Five yeah. Years. So, so he doesn't she's... even, you know, he he doesn't live in Denton anymore. He he moved uh, to Durham, North Carolina, which is where she's from. Um, and yeah, so new man, new new hair. You know, he's got this white hair. He he just looks like a like a like a guru or something like that. You know, <laughs> like yeah. Well, like if you if you pull down a dirt road and you pull up to a nice little cottage, you know, it's going to be him. Him and her, and they might try to get you to join their cult. Yes, one hundred percent. And I, I would, <laughs> I would one hundred percent consider it. That was Harp, uh, also known as Tim Smith's new project. If you have been longing for that old Mid Lake sound, this record will give it to you. All right, Q, are we? What? What? What are we doing here? Uh, this is your last pick, right? It's my last pick. And you know what? This no introduction needed here. This is the sound carriers. So, oh, love it. We should do an episode on them, dude. Absolutely. I revisited my favorite album of theirs, Celeste, which came out in 2010. This track just I, I just completely forgot about it. It's a little little ways down on the on the record and it's fucking great, dude. Like, you know, so they're they're like a lot like Stereo Lab or um, you know, other groups in that vein mm-hmm. where it's really very like broadcast Broadcast, yeah, exactly. Um, and this one's a little bit different, which is what I like about it. So here we go. This song is called Out of Place. Ah. Uh-huh. 
I don't think I've heard a sound carrier's track that I didn't love, Q. No one does it better than them, man. They're just per- they're perfect, man. No one does it better than them. Perfect. In that vein. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I think we've talked about them enough on this show. We have. Like, you know, it's time to do an episode. For sure. Yeah, I would love that. Right. Let's do it. I'm down. And you know what, dude? Let's wrap this up. You got one more track. I do bring. have one more track. I got a good a good way to to follow up with that. Uh, it's not in the same vein, but it's another kind of chill track. Uh, so, hey, this goes back to what we were saying just earlier. Here's a group I've never heard of. They kind of hit the scene in the early 2010s. And it's, yeah, it's just like, man, I've never seen this record, this, this album art. I've never heard of the band. And they're freaking awesome. So this this group is called No Joy. I... I think it's safe to say, Q, that the word shoegaze gets tossed around quite a bit. Because I wouldn't, I would not call the shoegaze, but they are considered a Canadian shoegaze band. I mean, we can't do, we can't get through one episode without bringing up saying the word well, shoegaze. So, I yeah. mean, I've said it like three or four times already. This, I know this episode, but anyway, I would just classify them as a a, a good old fashioned indie rock group, Q. So um, they first kind of got attention around two thousand nine. They played some shows with Husker Du, which is funny because I mentioned them last or a couple of weeks ago on the Dinosaur Jr. episode. Uh, and then they did some shows with uh, a pretty well-known indie band named Best Coast, which I've heard of. The lead singer of, of Best Coast uh, took a liking to the band and tweeted, Dude, no joy is the best band ever. Two hot blonde girls just shredding away. What more do I have to say, Q? Say no more. I won't. I mean, I'll, I'll say the name of the track. So here we go. The song. Hold up, brother. I know this album. Okay. <laughs> the only reason I stopped, I paused for a second because I had to remember. You remember that amazing, um, that infographic that I brought yeah, a bunch for, of for shoegaze shoes. groups? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. They're, on, they're on that. So you don't know this record and, the, and you, know, you haven't listened to it. I know this record. And if you're going to play Hair Terror Lies, I'm not very well. I'm not going to okay. play that track. Well, sorry. I didn't mean to like no, you're jump good. in. I got, ex- I got excited when I saw that album cover. Yeah, dude, this well, it's is funny because I, I made a big point just a second ago about like, I've never seen this record before. <laughs> um, but I have looked at that. I have looked at that infographic. So that's funny. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Uh, that was one of the singles. The one you mentioned, Hair Terror mm-hmm. Lies. It has quite, mm-hmm. quite a, a play count. Anytime I see a play count that's that large on a record and it's like way off from the rest of the play counts, I'm always like, that's a single. Yeah. It's a single or like it was, it, it appeared on a TV show or something like that. Anyway, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, okay. So this track again by the band, no joy is called slug night.
Nice and fuzzy, just like I like it. <laughs> you know what, Q? It's shoegaze adjacent, I guess. You know, fine. <laughs> it's shoegaze, okay? <laughs> I feel like I have to apologize to the listeners. Like, I'm sorry. Here's another shoegaze track. I hope you like shoegaze. Because <laughs> here, you know what I mean. I know. Here's another one. You know what? If you're if you've stuck around with us for this long, you're a fan of shoegaze at this yeah. point. Yeah, great, great song. Uh, good record, too. I haven't listened to it in a few years. So, anyway, I thought that was a good way to wrap us up, Q. Um, no Joy brought me a lot of joy today <laughs> uh, <laughs> when I listened to that track. So, uh, let me just go back to talking about Tim Smith of Midlake. Can we just look at this picture together? Um, sure, we can. And just agree that they 100% LARP on the, on the weekends. <laughs> 100%. They may not just LARP on the weekends, dude. It could be a seven-day-a-week kind of thing. Uh, that's true. Their, their life is LARPing. Or just they go to every Renaissance festival. Let me For just tell sure. you this, dude. I couldn't, I couldn't be happier for the guy. Me me neither. Dude, I'm thrilled. I love it. Uh, I'm just saying I, I love I love everything about it. Now, maybe this was just, you know, for the, for the album art and the promotional material, but it is no, dude. If you look closely enough brand. at his, the shirt that he's wearing... I guarantee you she sewed, she sewed that. That's her own pattern. She sewed what, it herself. What are you, a detective? No. <laughs> um, but maybe. I'm half joking. <laughs> yeah. but You're probably right. Anyway, uh, yeah. That's a, that's a sidetrack, Q. All right. So you've been listening to No Filler. This is our <laughs> What You Heard format. Be on the lookout in a couple weeks for our next uh, deep dive episode. And I think I talked about perhaps doing Deftones. Uh, I, I thought that we were going to do Cocktail Twins, brother. Well, we had talked about that privately, you and I. But I, I, you know, I would love to do Cocktail Twins again. Well, I think the album Head Over Heels that that I'm bringing, uh huh, is heavy enough, dude. That that's worthy of of being next in line after a Dinosaur Junior record. Okay, and this was their second studio album, so it came out way back in '83, and it yeah, and that's what I'm interested in because blows my mind that they came out in '83. Let's put it that way. I, I'm I'm more of a fan, um, or at least I should say I have I've had more exposure to their '90s stuff, the stuff they put on the '90s. So Heaven or Las Vegas, and then Milk and Kisses came out. I think a few albums after that. Anyway, it's just cool to hear Robin Guthrie do his thing on these records, you know? Oh, I yeah, he's he's such a key piece to, to to the magic of 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 that record or i mean of that For band sure, right yeah. but yeah it's it's him and elizabeth fraser's voice together is like the dreamiest of dreams q oh man dude and that dude just get ready on this one it's just like i feel like i'm you're in like a it's like i'm in a cave or something just everything it just echoes and bounces off of each other yeah it's it's heavy on this one man it's great really okay. love this record well if you were excited about uh, a Deftones episode we'll do them eventually let's put it this way I, I was going to say like I wanted to talk about I, my exposure to Deftones is literally what I've been listening to like the last few months like I just recently got into them and so I'm sort of bouncing around and listening to a bunch of their records so I haven't landed on exactly which one I want to cover I was leaning toward the self-titled record but I'm bouncing around so anyway Maybe we'll do maybe we'll do like one of those episodes where we play songs from a bunch of different records. 
uh, for Deftones. But I feel like they're they're a really interesting group. Anyway, all right. So next month we will do a Cocteau Twins. You notice how I said it correctly? Cocteau Twins. That's how you pronounce it. Jesus. You remember this? Some some guy Instagrammed us and was like, wah, wah, wah. "Oh yeah, here's how you pronounce it." And actually, that was he, he put that in a review on mm, I, so it's on there forever. iTunes. Jeez, man. Yeah. Wow. He was like, "These guys are not very interesting." And by the way, it's pronounced cocktail. <laughs> it's like, do you know how to pronounce this? And then you know, middle finger. <laughs> anyway, um, so cocktail twins next month. And then we will do our What You Heard for February a couple weeks after that. So tune in for even more Dream Pop and Shoe Days <laughs> in just a couple weeks. Can't escape it. From the podcast that just can't get enough of it. All right. So I have a song to close us out, which is really interesting, Q. It knocked me on my feet. I mean, it knocked me off my feet, I should say. <laughs> That would be weird to get knocked on your feet. <laughs> Wouldn't that be strange? That would be odd. So, you know, if you're our age, especially, you know who T-Pain is. We, yeah, I do know T-Pain. I'm, fam- I'm familiar with T-Pain, I guess. <laughs> uh, you know, the auto-tune, um, the, the godfather of auto-tune, I think. Uh, I thought Cher was the godmother of auto-tune. Well, yeah, and he's the Godfather. Ah, okay, I I don't know. I can't I can't say that with any certainty. I was just making a joke about those songs <laughs> that we all remember that had a bunch of uh, you know heavy on the on on the auto tune. Anyway, um, he's actually a pretty accomplished musician and an amazing singer, which is the irony that a lot of people are like, if you've never heard T Pain sing without auto tune, you know you haven't lived yet, basically. So anyway. He put out a record last year called On Top of the Covers, which is a really kind of uh, tongue-in-cheek kind of um, name. And it's got him like in a bathrobe oh with like a rose in it. Love it. Anyway, so it's a, it's, a, it's a covers record. Oh, that's awesome. And he did a cover of War Pigs by Black Sabbath. Oh, And it's my incredible. The funny thing is Ozzy Osbourne himself got wind of it and... Uh, he said, this is the best cover of War Pigs ever. That's saying a lot. And he said, why didn't you guys call me? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Ozzy, one more I need to say this. According to Ozzy Osbourne, this is the best cover of War Pigs ever. And I think I agree with that. So anyway, that'll be uh, the song that closes us out. Remember to check us out on Instagram. And by that, I mean, reach out to us on Instagram if you would like to get in touch with us. Um, I thought about posting again, and then I said, nah, better not. <laughs> and then went out with my day. Man. But if you want to talk to us, just, you know, you can find us on Instagram. And, you know, we'd like to say, send us your send us your recommendations, you know, songs that you've been listening to lately. If we like it, we might put it up the, at the end of, the, of an episode. But for now, you're stuck with T-Pain's incredible cover of Black Sabbath's War Pigs to close us out. Until then, uh, we will see you guys in a couple weeks. Be sure to check out the Pantheon Podcast Network, the home of many other amazing music-related podcasts. So pantheonpodcast.com, uh, check us out. All right, until, until next time, my name is Travis. And I'm Quentin. Y'all take care.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points. 